Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Well, Adelaide spoiled the farewell party for the West Coast retiring champions with a 45-point win on Saturday night. They ran away with it in the last quarter. Uh, we said farewell to Shannon Hearn, uh, Luke Shuey and Nick Natnui. And that's the end of an era, boys. Um, how are you going, Dan and Wayne? Very good, thanks. I am great because, thank God, this season is over. The season from hell has ended and now we've only got the upside of a horrible season. Let's see what we're going in the draft. Let's see what we're going to trade. This is exciting now where the season was very, very ordinary. We've had two seasons from hell. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, we ended up with our second wooden spoon, so Freo fans will love uh, giving us a bit of curry on that shit. Um, But that's what happens. Uh, You get the number one pick, but we will talk about the pick later on. Got to thank Tom for being our uh, sponsor for the whole year, plus Fitness CBAC Hillary's and Jindalup. And go to Linktree where you can download any of our socials from there and you can download the shows what you're listening to right now. Uh, let's jump into the game. Uh, well, it was in the last quarter, really. Adelaide, Adelaide kicked six goals to two points in the last quarter 17 21, 123 to 12 goals, 678. And it was a Tex Walker show, wasn't it? 19 shots on goals, nine goals, four, and six out in the full. Yeah, if you're at the game, then you you were at the game and you watched, they were feeding him, they were looking for him. They, they wanted him, they wanted him to have a lark in, they wanted him to have a Kerno, and he did that. And, look, and he, he played well. Some of his kicks, though, under pressure on that left foot were magnificent. He's, oh. ki- he's kicking left foot kicks around the corner out of 50 metres in front, right in front of me. And they were brilliant kicks. So well, he's warranted another year contracting. So so he yeah. should. Uh, he's playing his best football at that age. And um, I think once he wasn't the captain at Adelaide, I think a lot of pressure went off him. And the last two years has been pretty good actually. Yeah. And he's a beautiful kick of the oh, football. Probably the best um, kick for goal. In the unbelievable. Population. But what's his name? Kane Corns. I was going to say Chad Corns. Yeah. Kane Corns brought up that McGovern had a shocker against him and I was at the ground and it wasn't hard to see that. Gov was nowhere near him half the time. He was up the ground trying to create space or cut down the space. I don't know what he was doing sometimes. But, you know, at the end of the day they were going to feed him and they did and, you know, that's what happens. You you guys can cut me down on this one because I've said this for a very long time because I was a defender all my life. And I've always thought Gov is not a very good one-on-one player. His his game is intercept and leaving, reading the play, leaving his man at centre half back from there to play one-on-one at full back. I've never thought he's been a, and I've said this quite a long time, for a long time. He's just not a one-on-one defender. And look, the game's played differently to when I played and when we all played, but and and he plays it differently. So, it, too, some of those kicks. Tex got to, no fullback in the competition would have stopped him because they're just, they were beautiful kicks, drilled straight down his throat. Not, yeah. Know, no defender could stop there, there was one. Gubb was a long way away from his player. There was a one part of, there in the last quarter and on the wing where I was and Gubb was pushing up and going, what are you doing, mate? Just, just sit mm. back. And I looked back and there's Tex and guess who was on him? Probably Tom Cole or someone like that. Smaller than Cole, mate. Than- they were long or someone like that even. 
Andrew Gaff was on him and I'm sitting there going, if this ball comes in, Andrew Gaff's going to get a hiding. He came in, it went over his head. Yeah. So I was lucky. Um, I was going, you've got to be kidding me, yeah, Gav, you know. But end of the day, you know, he had a great game last week. He had a shot on the game yeah. this week, so. Yeah. It really was the Taylor Walker show. They were looking for him everywhere. They oh, had sure. 70 inside 50s. So you look at defence, but really that's a, a, a blight on the midfield as well. You know, the midfielder's got to, like, stop that supply. You can't let a team get 70 inside 50s. That's ridiculous. And um, with Gov, it's like, well, I agree. He's below average with one-on-ones, which is funny because – but I think that's the way he plays. But I think that's a direction from the coach. Mm. In 2018, he was ranked the best one-on-one player in the competition. Now Barras is more the lockdown defender mm. and it frees Gov up. So I think Gov is still playing that game um, and it shows how much we miss Barass, you know what I mean? Because you can't – you get away with playing that game sometimes but other times not. When they're looking for that forward and you're not on him, uh, that's not great. But that's his season overall, you know. I do agree his one-on-one is not great anymore because he's more an attacking player. But this game at itself, he only played because he wanted to see off Herner and Shuey. Yeah. He wasn't right. We talked about – they're saying his ankle, his ankle apparently but, – but we saw him grab his hammy last yeah. week as well. And you could just see he wasn't leaping. You know what I mean? He leaps, Gov. And that's how he makes his set marks. He wasn't covering the ground well. He wasn't positioning well. So I don't th- – put it this way. If it wasn't their farewell game, I don't think Gov would have actually played. Yeah, he probably so wouldn't. So it's, it's understandable that, yeah. like, they're looking for Taylor Walker – Gov, to me, was underdone and Taylor Walker had a day out, didn't he? In, in the second quarter, actually, Gov did play one-on-one on him and yes. did pretty well. He took a good mark and, on that wing and I know they uh, – they, they, And I don't know what happened after that. Why. I don't know why they didn't give me that mark. The, oh, the, that was ridiculous, yeah, because on like, TV – He took the mark It was, and hit it was the, amazing. Yeah. Like, and it's like he took the mark, came down and the ball hit – and he hit the ground and the ball bounced out and they said, play on. I thought – the, yeah, that was stupid. The Adelaide player man the mark. The yeah. Adelaide player man the mark. It was Tex. Yeah, and, well, he, and then he got play on. It was a Tex yeah. just mauled him. I said off air, the umpires, I, I thought the umpires at the ground, I didn't realise Eagles had that many free kicks. Um, the guy in front of me pointed it out. We're actually getting more free kicks. And I said, well, that's surprising. So I had a look at the umpire games on, on the four umpires. The smallest guy was number 19. He had five years' experience from 2018. Mm. Uh, all the rest were last mid-last year and two of them were from this year and the only other experience they had was AFLW games last year. So they're very inexperienced and that's happened for the last four games with the Eagles. So if you want a good quality of football, you need to mix and match mm. your experience of umpires. I just thought it was shocking. Um, the goal umpire, too many score reviews in one quarter. I think it was four in one quarter. Oh, yeah. Four it was two five and, minutes. And, you know, it was just unbelievable and – I. I blame some of that on the central umpire calling for one of them or two of them. So, but hey, that's not why we lost the game. In the last quarter, there were some really surprising changes in the middle. Uh, Sam petresky Seaton was in there, Noah Long. I was like going, what's going on here? I, don't, I know you like changing things around, but come on. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, especially when they were killing us in the uh, stoppages. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think what was the stoppages in the end? The clearances... Uh, they had 67 inside 50s. Um, where was it? I can't even find it here. Centre clearances, we were a draw, but they controlled the stoppage clearances, which was 23 to 15. So 
Yeah, that's a bit surprising. Well, there, so stats don't always marry up with what you see. Yeah, I'm just looking at the hitouts there too, and I'm really surprised with the hitouts because, am I right? That is that 28 to 33. Look, I thought Bailey Williams got an absolute bar. I thought he did in the first half. In the second half, I thought he got. Oh yeah, I did. I must say, in the second half, I thought he was a better ruckman. I think he might have got a rev at half time because he he was playing. He was playing the big fella from behind, and then in the second half, he was playing him in front, and he was winning the stoppage. Rucks more than the cl- in the centre, so yeah. um, you wouldn't notice on ground, but obviously on the TV you get that different perspective. Yeah. He was getting blocked by Brian so much. You look at those centre clearances and stuff. Yeah, there was a no few, one few paid for that. There was only yeah, but it was later because I think they might have. You said like Bailey Williams got a rev up. I think the umpires said it too. Watch for this. It was unbelievable. Like I just that was one thing that stood out with that game to me because I didn't think the umpire was. Terrible. There was a few really awkward and bad calls. But the fact Bailey Williams wasn't getting called for blocks, you know, in his favour was unbelievable because the amount of times he's ran straight at Bailey Williams and neither could jump and then he gets the – like Bailey, you know, obviously O'Brien gets the tap out. So you're thinking, well, what's going on here? Like you can't impede a jump. It's a block, you know, and they didn't call the free kicks and – I think actually O'Brien was subbed out late in the game, so that's probably why you notice Bailey Williams playing a little bit better because O'Brien played a real defensive game on him almost, which surprised me. Mm. Well, you said blocks. That's I, I noticed all the blocks getting, and some of them were getting paid, yeah. and you don't usually notice that in a game usually, and it was quite a lot. It was more than normal. Um, look, let's talk about two of the guys that played in their last game, Hearn. He had 22 disposals, seven rebounds, 50. He just played his normal game. And towards the end, I don't know if you can see it on the telly, but he was creeping down. Yes. And he was walking down and he was and the crowd's sort of building. Oh, they could see it. And they, they were going, yes, yes, yes. And then I think it was Oscar, or it might have been Crips, marked on the 50. And everyone's going, bang, uh, like this. <laughs> and then he's walked and then he's sort of, nah, too far to walk. Mm. So he, he, he's gone, you know, you'd see that he was going, I'll give – Let's not have a go. So he did the team thing. Yeah, and then Shuey, um, that goal in the second quarter was it? Was it, it the second quarter or the first? Quarter, first quarter. Yeah, that was vintage, vintage Shuey. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he, you know he gave it to the crowd, and it was great, man. So, yeah. but like he, like uh, Dan said, he probably faded away in the last quarter. He ended up with twenty five possessions and six inside fifties. So we're going to miss him. Yeah, like we've got some breaking news, but yeah, we'll quickly touch on that, but. Yeah, it was great and it was just – I'll tell you what, I reckon that was the most emotional I have ever been with someone's last game. Mm. So I wanted to touch on that before we move on because later we have a question. Will Simo survive? Simo is now the coach for next year. The board has come out, unanimously endorsed him. Really? So we jumped ahead, just released then that, yeah, Simo will be the coach and – um. I don't know how I feel about that, actually. I, I do think it's going to be a very hard task for a new coach to come in next year. I've been vocal on 12 months is a long time, and if there's no performance, that gives two extra dra- like you know drafts for this mm. new coach to come in. So I don't think it's a bad move, but I feel sorry for Simo. That's why I'm torn. Because why would you want to go through that again? Because it's probably going to be another dour year next year. So why would – because he, he's a great coach, let's be honest, like – is he the right fit now for Eagles? You could debate that. Mm. You could debate you want a new voice, a new person. And I understand that. I know I'm almost 
lean towards that a bit, but he's a great coach. I think, well, would he be better somewhere else? So what are you guys' thoughts on that? Well, I did all this artwork last night saying thank you, Simo, and stuff. So now I've just got to bin it all. <laughs> so that's one thing because I thought he was on the way out. Um, yeah, look, I'm glad that the um, the board have come to their senses and got it out of the way because that was the, uh, you know, the thing that was hanging over everyone's head. Is he going to play? I mean, is he going to coach? Um, so that's definitely in there, is it? Yeah, yep, it's definitely on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the board uh, messaged the members and contacted them, say, yep, they're unanimously behind I would say it. Justin Langer has had a lot to say in that. In that. Next door neighbour. He's neighbor. a very dominant man, isn't he? He was yeah. as a cricketer. It mm. helps when you're next general. door neighbour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm I'm one that thought his, his time was up. Yep. And I still think his time is up. And I think next year... Uh, he doesn't know how to drop the senior players, and that hasn't changed for me. It hasn't changed for me for a very long time. Senior players are out of form. He never drops them. He he says we look after our senior players, and that's fine. That's great. But when you got players like Clark and Drew uh, True who are getting their thirty five possessions, waffle busting their ass, doing the right thing, you know, you got to make examples every now and then. A good coach will make that example. And yeah, he won us a flag, and he's he got us there in two thousand fifteen as well. And he has been a good coach, but I think his time's up. That's my opinion. A lot to unpack there, Wayne, but I think I'll leave it because there's a couple of topics later in the show and I'll mention it there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's what I, mean. I do understand that point of view. But to me, I think if you're having a fresh start, I reckon next year with two drafts, mm. I think that's – if you made the call, I think that would be a better time. But as I said, he's got to cop shit all, pardon the language, all next year. Mm. All right. Well, Paul Fitzpatrick, he said he knows our playing list better than anyone else. He steered us through the first phase of the rebuild and we are confident he can take us forward and take us to where, where we aspire to be. So they've got behind him. That's what he needs. Yeah. So now make the changes around him. And we already know that uh, Knights has been moved into the forwards coach. Um, Schofield will become the sole midfield coach, which is where I think there was a probably a conflict there when you got two people doing midfields, one doing stoppages and that. Um, I've heard that Pratt's already um, signalled he's leaving, and I think Webster maybe as well. So they've got to make changes around there. The thing is with Simone now, if he's a coach for the next two years, well, it doesn't say for the next two years. They're saying we're backing him in. So. Yeah. Um, I would have liked him to say he's there for the next two years, but they've said at least he's going to go through the first phase. He's got us through that. Um, he knows us better than anyone else. So to me, there's got to be KPIs on this. Yeah. You, you can't keep going back to the well mm. and playing. If they're not in form, yeah. to, to me, play players that are in form. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, exactly what I'm just saying. And let, let's mm. cut to the chase. We won't have to talk about the oh, – yeah, I do want to talk well, about – But breaking news has thrown it off a bit, has it? Our yeah, the breaking news. Yeah. The thing is um, we didn't really have this year – yeah, we're going to cut the game. No one wants to hear about the game. Tim Kelly was player of the year for us, oh, all right? Well, we've got to talk about Tim Kelly. All right, let, let's talk quickly about Tim Kelly and then we'll talk about Simo and where we're going to go. Tim Kelly – you know, everyone's gone, oh, we paid too much for him, we sold the farm, you know, and as we've said on this podcast many a times, didn't expect Yo to get injured, Shuey to get injured, everyone else to get injured, the injuries we had. This year, he, he should win the John Westfold medal like he did with the Eagle Nation and TNG medal by a, con- 
Trimile. He should win by the length of the, the he, oval. The, he was yeah. first in disposals, first in clearances, first in uh, score assists, first in score involvements, first in inside 50s. Um, he had one of the great season. For him not to get into the Australian, all Australian 44, it's a fucking blight. Yeah. Yeah, that's an absolute. That, that, to me, especially, uh, I've just had a quick look online and I think, you, Dan, you brought up people that they're comparing him with that got in there from the Suns and shit like that. Yeah. I'm like, you, it's just, yeah. just shows you up. The East Coast media is still well alive. Uh, Glenn Jakovic and Matthew Pavlich, I don't know what you guys do, but um, you obviously don't get enough WA guys in there. Um, but played great, and Oscar Allen, he did make the 44. He's had a great season too, so I've got to mention them. Yeah. Well, with the Tim Kelly thing, um, yeah, so you compare him to Noah Anderson from the Suns, so we'll get in the specifics. Yeah, he matches up very well. If uh, He matches up better. So Dream Team's not like a really good stat, but it is when you look at the bottom, it shows their impact. You know what I mean? So it doesn't take in disposal efficiency, things like that. But when you've got a better, say, score statistically down the bottom, that means you've done more. You've either tackled more, you've more goals, more kicks, you know, more clearances because you get points for all these things. And he's better than I was, And he even matches up very well with Cripps, very well. Cripps had him for clearances, but bar that, everything was in his side. Um and his score assist was bigger. His goals was bigger. His meters gained was double what Cripps had, mm. and they were in the 44. And I am so sick of hearing about the trade. I remember they did a poll when that trade first happened. Mm. Who won it? And it edged towards us with Cali. We've gone through, and I can't remember the players off the top of my head. I think one was Sharp. Mm. The three players that were picked with those picks have not become stars. A lot of the people that complain about that trade – were the same people that said we should have picked Kelly with our first pick instead of Brander. So if you look at the point system, it's pretty bloody close what we paid for what you wanted to originally pay. And you say we're in the position we're in because of that Kelly trade. Are you blind? Imagine how bad this season would be if you took Kelly out of that side. You take Kelly out that side, oh my God, you've taken your best and fairest winner out of there, the clearance winner. We've had to play Duggan in the midfielder where his best is back just because we haven't got anyone. You talked about the game. SBS was in there. Noah Long was in there. Uh, Cripps was in there. Because the midfield is just at dire straits right now. We'll have to address this in the draft, but we'll talk about that later. So thank God Cully was there. And for the people that are like, oh, it's his fault positions. Just take a look at this season and who's going to win the best and fairest. Mm. Yeah. Imagine how poor we would have been if he wasn't there. I, I, I mean, I've been you know, mate, I've been a massive fan of Kelly from day one. I think we should have drafted him yeah. early in the thing. And I always remember saying to a mate of mine who was on there, he said, "Oh, we got, we're going for him around 30. And I said, "Be gone by then." Mm. And he and got, said, and he was told that. Yeah, and Geelong. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The, the said, frustrating part mm. about Tim Kelly was for me was that both Fremantle and West Coast were told two years earlier. You should draft this guy, even as a rookie, because you'll get the best value out of him. Yep. He, he, he's just coming. He's so good at Waffle, and no one did. And then everyone, you know, crimps and crumps about it because he didn't bloody they get picked. But he's paid us back in spades as far as I'm yep. concerned. And it, look, they're all, the Fremantle people are saying exactly the same thing about Luke Jackson. But in in the next 
they've probably realised now halfway through the year, well, shit, Luke Jackson's a bit better than we uh, probably thought he was going to be. Yeah, he's, he's paying it back in spades a bit earlier. He's outstanding. But athlete. he's got, got a better Tim's team around him. Tim's yeah. done, he can't do any more than he's done. He'll win our best and fairest. I mean, our top three, as far as I'm concerned, are him, uh, Oscar and Liam Duggan. There's, there's no three players. If anyone gets it, Bailey Williams might come close, but... No one should come close to those three players. No, they're definitely. No, they're, they're, they're definite. And, and they're the ones that played most games. Yeah, so Hunter and, Williams would be in the five, but those yeah. top three and I'll, are the And I'll chuck something, another whinge in today where I saw some guys saying we should trade Duggan because he's not this and that. Nah, fuck. You guys there, open your bloody eyes and go, and, I'm not a big stat man, but even I know, he's an elite player. He's an elite uh, He's elite possession getter. He's an elite clearance getter. He's an elite runner. At you know, over 480 to 500 metres per game, he's gaining. And, yeah, sometimes his kicks doesn't go to a player, but then no one's bloody leading for him either because we've had a, we've had a shit-ass bloody you're uh, ne- time. But you're never going to change some views of some blind just, people. He held, he's held us up yeah. and, and held us our back line up when we've lost Garvin, and Barris. And, you know, he's played on big guys. He's played on small guys. Well, you know. you, you'll get a lot of people having a go at Simbo being picked now because they just can't see past it. Mm. Right? You've got to move so, on. There's going to be a lot of people that are supporting it. Like there's yeah. a Facebook page out there called I Back Simo, which yeah. I got booted off even though I supported him. Yeah. But I was just saying a few different things, but I got booted. But they'll be happy now because, you know, it's they backed him. But there's also the 50% that don't want him here. So for him, he's got to improve as a coach and he's got to change his way of coaching. Now, we can bang on about the – Injuries and all that COVID stuff and crap, but we got to get things right for next year. So this is what we're going to talk about. Where do we get right? To me, we're going to talk about how do we improve the midfield, the back line, and the forward line. But to me, I think we've got to improve the guys underneath. The waffle development is doing us no favors at friggin' all, right? When you win, you, yep. you draw Agreed. one game, and again comes down to injuries. So next year, let's hope we got no injuries and no nothing, right? We got twelve to fourteen players playing wobble, but get we got more money than anyone else. So put the infrastructure into the waffle. Don't just get the last guy that come in. No disrespect to Rob Wiley, because he's a great guy, but it's probably been the games past him, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Mm. He's an old school coach. Get get someone in with a fresh approach. I don't know we're going to pick up Rob, but there's plenty of guys out there that can do it, right? Um, I just think you've got to get the underneath right. Yeah. We, we, we still haven't got a strength and conditioning coach yet. I was going right? to say. So that's 12 weeks without a strength and conditioning coach, head coach. Now, to me, unless I've got somebody waiting in the wings that's at another club that's doing something, cool. But I just find that really f- weird that they have not filled that position yet. See, my number one thing would be, and I've said this a bit and I said it on a, a, a one of the pages today, I would be throwing the kitchen sink to get Darren Burgess at our club to be the head fitness coach, because we have not been we have not been fit for three years, and I'm sick of hearing about COVID and injuries. I really am, because there's another 28 guys on the list who weren't injured and didn't have COVID who were not fit. We weren't running our games, and that's why. I say Simo's very lucky. Look, I'm all for him now. He's made it. That's great. He's very lucky to hold his place because he's the head coach. It's his program. He mm. should have been ensuring that these fitness guys are getting these guys fit because we weren't fit. We have not been fit since 2019. 
I don't give a stuff what anyone says. You can well, say it, what you want. 2020, when we ran out of juice, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, this is me. We had 2009, we did, we did well. Yeah, and 2020, and 2020 the last seven games. We had no, yeah. we just were, had no fitness whatsoever, and we haven't done since. Well, 21, was it? And we, So we need to get a fitness coach right now who's going to get these guys fit. And the players, you know, have your mad Monday today, get off the piss, get home, get fit, and be ready to come yep. back to pre-season yep. training yep. and be ready because – the crap you've been dishing out, right, we can all blame Simo on that, but the crap you guys have been dishing out, you need to wake up, get off your ass, you're earning good money, and do your bloody jobs. I'll, I'll tell you what, COVID's behind us. I don't even want to hear about that. That was, even, that was last year, that didn't affect you. The injuries do worry me, though. Like, I, I'm sick of actually hearing about it because it happened with me, but that, to me, that's very worrying. And to me, I want to see what we're like if we get that shit right. Mm. If we just pull that in... I want to see what we're actually capable. Because at the beginning of the year, we saw a new game style, didn't we? We saw Jones running off the back line. We saw Will Tack in the middle. We always the car. Then injuries hit and everything just went to shambles again. So I'm very interested to see in that department if we what we can perform. So I don't think we're going to be great next year, but I would assume we'd get a little spike just because of availability. Do you know what I mean? So I still want to finish top four because I reckon one more year down the bottom – and then you've all suddenly got this depth of talent. Bottom we, four, you want you want to finish? Not top four? Next year? No. Nah, like, and I know people go, no, you want a winning culture. I believe, was it Gold Coast finished fourth with nine wins? To me, that would be an awesome scenario for us. Having picked four next year, nine wins so you've seen a thing. And I, I think it'll be a bit different next year. I don't think that nine. I think you would have to win about seven for that four. Mm. But just to build that core. So we've gone from not having any top 10 picks since bloody basically Nick, Nick Natanui in old gaff, you know, to suddenly now we've got four kids, maybe more if we trade, all top 10 players, maybe five if we trade pick one. So five top 10 players now. And then you've got that core way. Mm. And that's what excites me. So do you want to spike and be nowhere like Essendon and Sorry, Saints are coached well, but I'll use them as an excuse. Do you want to be that middling side that's pushing for the top eight but never contending? I don't want to be in no man's land. And I put Freo in that category now. I think they overachieved last year. You don't want to be in that no man's land. So take the pain now. Suck it up. I'm sorry, but you've got to suck it up, fans. And then this draft, next draft, and then suddenly you've got this good young core. But not only that, the players we picked last year and the year before are suddenly at that 50 games yeah. bracket and they're suddenly becoming our best players on, on the ground. Not highlights and all we had a good game, the actual best on the ground, playing a Cali role, you know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's basically what I'm looking forward to in the future. We've got to improve our midfield. Yeah. Yes, so that's definitely. the biggest deficiency we got. Now, the forward line I think takes care of itself because you get there – supply in, we, we prove that when we go in, we score. We're, we're one of the highest um, percentage-wise when we go forward at 50 um, that we can um, – we're going to score, right? But we just don't get it in there enough. So the midfield needs a lot, a lot of work and the back line needs a bit of tinkering. So we've got to address that midfield, but we've got to address the people underneath. Um, they're going to – I'm a – Bit ashamed, a uh, bit annoyed, not ashamed, bit annoyed that they haven't delisted anyone yet. Mm. Now, I don't know if they're waiting to see, waiting for the coach thing to be announced, give it a bit of clean air. Um, now it's done, 
uh, hopefully people back him. And But like I said, there's KPIs. But get the people underneath him that are going to take us forward, right? Mm. But if he's pulling out these results 10 games into the next year, he's going to – there's going to be a barrage of people just saying we've made the wrong decision. We get, I tell you, that in the first 10 rounds, if we get three 100-point losses, say goodbye. Yeah, well, that that I reckon that's right in the now. KPIs. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I, I reckon there's – I'm glad that they've come out and backed him because yeah. all the messaging mm. that they've been doing after the last six, seven weeks is we're backing him, we're backing him. For him to be shafted now, and I think Rob Didco just said this on chat on – chat, um, if they shafted him now, that wouldn't be fair. No. You know what I mean? Not. You sit there and you've told this guy we're backing him. The last four or five weeks we probably showed glimpses of what we can do. One point lost to Essendon. We just went down to St Kilda. We beat North Melbourne. We beat the Bulldogs. That was my highlight of the year, knocking them out of the finals. Right. Thank you very much. And that, to me, that watching that game last week showed you what we can do. But the big question is where the fuck is that every week? You know what I mean? Mm. And this is where footy's played above their head. You know, you've got to come in the right mindset and they've got to put 2023 behind them and let's hope we don't make the same mistakes going in. Mm. So, look, it's broken now. We we don't have to worry about it. That's all out out in clean air now. Now it's going to be delisting players, which we've been around. So who's the – Here's a question I want to dodge you. Who's a player you think that will get the chop, will get the chop, but shouldn't? All right. So this you is – got one player each. Or one player. Yep. Well, I'm cheating. i got three. No, um, you only get one. All right. I'll leave Clark for Wayne because I know he's a big fan, but he would have been my number one. But go. this is where I want to – you go, mentioned I'd earlier. Go, I'd go and, another one, so. and I want to do it, yeah. <laughs> to me, true Western Clark, I cheated. Um to me, they're just so important because you talked about the, and this is why I left it. But you talked about strengthening the waffle side; yep. they're our best waffle performers. So you want a fringe player that can come in, and you also mentioned it like these players need to be given a chance. I think they will be cut, but to me, that's not the best decision because when they're not playing, they are contributing at waffle level, and a lot of players that play in the waffle aren't contributing at that level. Yeah, the same. I'm, I, I was going to say one of those three. Yeah. So I'd go Connor West. I know because I know who you'd go for. So uh, Connor West, you know, again, he hasn't done a lot right. Look, his disposal, I know, is a bit crabby, but his effort in the game is mm. just. And you got good core players around him. His effort in the game, and he's a run with player too. Yeah, sometimes he he can be that guy. Mm. Yeah, he can be a little scapegoat for you that he'll go and do the shitty jobs and let the others do all the. All right, who's one player that will survive the cut but shouldn't? I've got one, and this is going to annoy fans. Yeah, and I, I think I'm going to be accused of a hater because I've mentioned a lot. No, nah, it's not. It's just uh, it's a personal Luke, opinion. Luke Edwards, to me, I don't understand how he comes in above the three players we mentioned. You're a big fan of True. You're a big fan of Clark. I'm a big fan too of West. How could these players get cut? Now, the problem with Edwards is he comes straight into the side a lot, but he did play a couple waffle games and he wasn't even performing at waffle level and I'm, I'm not attacking the guy but to me he's one and again I didn't say anything when Wayne said it when you talk about him only playing older players 
I think it's not quite old players. I think it's favourites. Now, a lot of his favourites are the older players, so it seems that way. But to me, Luke Edwards is a favourite. So he's obviously a great club man and they love his attitude. Simo's because he already... walks straight in. He's always in there. But I would have him behind – West is injured. But I have him behind West, Clark and True every day of the week. Well, I agree on that one because Simo loves him and yeah. he's said it. Well, I know. You say Look, I'm a massive fan of him. I have been. I've been a big protector of him over the years. But Andrew Gaff, I don't know how he's surviving. Honestly, don't. All right, I love, mine, I love that. I reckon that's better than mine, Wayne. I like that. <laughs> well, mine's, Maybe you'll cop the heat and yeah, I won't yeah, now. Yeah, I like. Mine's different to both of yours. <laughs> Sam Petrescu-Seaton. Mm. I just don't see how he can survive. And he might not, but I think he will. And I don't know why. I don't know if his contract's up or not. I haven't looked out that far. But to me, he hasn't showed what warranted enough for me to be on the list. I'll tell you what. He played two games earlier in the season. I thought, oh, he's got talent. And then I haven't seen much after that, mm. to be honest. And I can't remember who he played, but it went back to back and we're like, well, we've got a steal here. And this is something going forward too that worries me. Is, and I've said this to you before. It's I don't think getting fringe players all the time works. And here's another one. Langdon was a fringe player, didn't work. SPS is a fringe player and he's the one you want to cut. So everyone's like, get this player in, get this player in. But you're getting fringe players that sometimes aren't even in the opposition's best 22. So I can't see how that's going to improve our team, you know what I mean, by taking players that aren't good enough for other sides. So, yeah. All right, quick questions here. Who will be captain next year? There's only one for me, and that's Oscar. Yeah, same here. Oscar, yeah. Has to be. But now I, I think it could it'll, be Barras. It'll be Gov. I was going to say, I don't, don't think it'd be Gov. I think it'd be Barras. Yeah. No, it'll be, it'll be a senior player. It won't um, be Oscar, but Oscar should be. Quickly, who's the most improved player? I think we're all going to agree on this one. Yeah, it's got to be Williams. It's got to be Bailey Williams. I, huh? I had him yeah. on the chopping block last year. It's a shame because last yeah. year I had him as our most improved yeah. player. It was going to be our big thing, and he yeah. didn't. And then I was. We You're had, a year early, oh, mate. Yeah, I that's what I was going to say. We had Petch and Williams, and they've both probably played better. You went the early crow. But they're saying with Williams, too, just touch on quickly. I don't ever see him as a forward. They're talking so much about him going forward. He, to me, he has to play ruck. He, he never really even performed well at waffle level playing forward because people forget he played with Vardy a lot and Vardy wasn't in the best 22 for a lot of the time he was here. So Vardy rucked a lot and Williams pitch hit and played forward and he never impacted the game. I'll tell you what, Brander at waffle level impacted the game more. So I can't see him working as a forward. Like he took a couple of good marks during the game, but didn't he spray two goals? Like missed two goals? Yeah, yeah. He looked, so he's, he's not a great uh, kick and I don't think he's going to be a great forward. So I don't like that idea at all. I think he's got to play ruck and solely ruck until Barnett's ready to take that position. We briefly said we brought this up before, but finish next year, me is bottom four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I touched on that. I think we've got to start with bottom four. I, I'd be happy with just the fourth pick. Yeah. But, yeah, I want to see improvement. We'll, we'll improve, but we won't yeah. improve to this point where we get top eight. That's yeah. what, everyone's going to think we're going to get top eight. No, well, that, 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 to be honest, I, and they're the rose-coloured society, I was mate. Say, and let them come at me. I reckon that would be the worst possible yeah. result. Yeah. People don't get the concept that you, you need the cattle on the park, basically. You yeah. need the best cattle. It does matter. You know, if I have a good mind frame, I'm not going to beat Shaquille O'Neal at basketball if I've got a better mind frame than him. Skill does matter. Um. With the draft, we've got picks 1, 19, 35, 38, 54, 57, 75. Are you splitting the pick or are you taking Harley Reid briefly? I, the only way you'd split the pick is if you can get 
eight. Two under eight. A pick four and a pick six, maybe. Yep. That would be the only way. If you can't get that, I'm taking one. And I'm not saying we'd pick Harley Reid. I do. Mm. We we need a midfielder. I mean, I love him. He's my fave, you know that, but. No, we, we need a midfielder. We also need another good defender, and he is sitting in – we know about him. Yeah, but not number one, man. I'd take McKercher yeah, over I him. I don't think Gov's got long to go. No. That's my opinion. You said to be quick, but as if I can be quick with the draft. Um, you got him, man. Yeah. So, I, to be honest, I would have to wait to see what North Melbourne get. Yep. If they get two and three, I probably wouldn't do a trade. Because right now – Dees could possibly get pick four from Gold Coast. So it'll be four, five, fifteen. Now I would do that trade if the Ruse didn't get their compensation. Because if they get that compensation, suddenly Kurt will be off the board. You know, it just thins it. Because there's Watson, there's Dersma, you know, we talk about Caddy, McKercher, you know, there's a lot of talent there. So four five for me would be great. And they I don't think they would pick Curtin if they've only got the one pick. If they've got the two picks, they will. Or if they're so desperate for Harley Reid, I would take two, three from them if they got it and one. If not, I'll just keep the one. So it does matter about their compo. And rumour is they might be shipping Taron Thomas to Gold Coast for pick four. If they gave us pick two and four, I would pick Curtin and then I would make sure I picked – no, I would use the second pick and I would screw them over if they got um, Sanders, if they got the special pick for Sanders. I would use that pick too. To force them to use their pick three for Sanders, so they almost don't get that reward well, for free, and then pick four. I'd pick a McCurcher. Well, where it is, they're not going to get the conversation for Sanders if you believe the uh, East Coast media today. Um, so, because uh, all the clubs have got to veto it, and there's got to go to commission. So, sorry, but quickly, then four and five is even more attractive, yep. isn't it? You could yep. risk it, maybe get Curtin, but you could get a Dozma and a Sanders. You know, that four five is very valuable. Right. Also, too, they'll get. They'll get pick three for McCarthy. No, they won't. I, I, I I'm, they I'm he, betting a, a four-pack of lemonade they don't get he's it. Getting, yeah, that's me and you're getting He's being offered 800K from another Doesn't club. matter. I, I don't reckon they get it. But we'll see what happens. We'll find out in a couple, uh, grand final week because that's when they make the decision. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll probably get together. We'll have a couple of weeks break from the podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll find out who gets delisted and who gets traded and we'll probably do a, one or two shows before the draft and then one after the draft. So um, it's good to hear that for those who like Simmer, he's back in, he's been backed in. So get behind him and get behind the team for next year and let's just hope it's not a year from hell and – Guys, I just want to thank you guys for being part of the show again this year and okay. um, we'll do a couple more. Thank you, Was You've been great. And I'm, you know, I've been 50-50 on Simo and he's there now, so I'm right behind him. I tell you what, the outcry is a lot of people actually loving that decision, so I think it was a good decision in the end. Um, and, yeah, thanks, guys. I've actually loved this. Yeah, you it's know. been great. It's like catching up with mates talking footy. You know? I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. So and it's thank, been a pleasure. I can't wait for a new boss. season. Yeah, the boss. He's the one who organises all well, this. And well, I'm trying and yeah, to shout out to Wazza because he is the one that puts in a lot of effort. Yeah. Daniel just comes here, waffles, and barely reads the run sheets. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah. shocked. And Wayne the just effort. rolls in with his can of coke or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And um, I feel bad taking a four pack of uh, Bundaberg lemonades off him at the end of the season because I am on Wayne's oh. side. I think I think they're going to get looked after somehow. Well, we'll see what happens. And thanks to Tom out there, mate. Yeah. I get down yeah, and see Tommy. him and. Um, yeah, get onto our Facebook page, Instagram page, uh, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, and until next year, guys, uh, go Eagles, eh? And, yeah, go Eagles. Uh, go, and go Simo.
Yeah, the West Coast sky 